Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Hockey Writers Fantasy Forecheck Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jacob Strozik, joined today by a fun, special guest of mine, a friend who is the life of the party at all times and is willing to do anything and everything fantasy hockey related. We have Douglas Coleman in the house tonight. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. I'd cue an applause thing if I had it, but I don't think we have that kind of soundboard right now. All righty. Um, we're going to grill Doug on a, a couple of fantasy questions this week. Uh, we'll touch on some hot and cold players uh, while we go through it. But in general, this is going to be a, a bit of a, a general fantasy hockey discussion, different types of leagues, how you play them, what kind of moves you can make, uh, because Doug's the kind of guy that likes to make moves. And we're going to we're going to get into that momentarily. So let's start off. Uh, with our question of the week, and I've tailored it specifically to our guest here. You are the kind of guy who plays in multiple uh, fantasy hockey leagues, and you play in different formats as well. What's the format that you enjoy the most, and then what's the format that you find you succeed in the most? Um, I mainly play in points leagues. Uh, this is my first year playing in a categories league uh, and actually getting into it. Um. I don't know. I, I like them both for different reasons. I think points is a great way to just kind of jump into it. And as you get more involved, you can add points for different things and really include peripherals like face-offs and shots like we have done in our league this year, Jake. Um, I like the categories, I guess, because it, you know, it really immerses you really deeper into the fantasy world as well. Um, I think they both have their highs and lows. Um, I don't know. I think you just got to find your preference for me as of right now, I enjoy points leagues more. Um, but I don't, I think as I continue to do both, I'll just kind of get a different feel for both. Are you excelling more in points leagues or are you doing well in the category league as well? Um, I'm probably actually doing better in the categories league, believe (laughs) it or not. Uh, but that's because I didn't actually have to draft my team. I'm a, I joined a random league on Yahoo where mm-hmm. it, you you were associated with a team, like the whole team, and you fi- filter in the players as you see fit. Um, and I obviously chose the Buffalo Sabres being a Buffalo Sabres fan. Um, there's 20 teams, and I think out of the 20 teams, I'm in eighth place right now. Um, <laughs> not bad. So that's, that's not. not bad. I mean, not bad considering where the Sabers are so far this year. Um, and you know, just making sure that I'm setting up the lineups as I see fit, based off who's really kind of playing the hot hand on our team. Um, so I'm not doing too bad in my points leagues. I'm either around five and four, or six and three, I think, in the other in the two uh, points leagues that I'm in. So uh, near the top of both. So just trying to keep in it going along nice and smooth so by chance did you happen to be playing Ocposo, robinson and krebs in that category league tonight or did you bite the bullet and not have him in no the only person i didn't not have in tonight in the categories league was robinson i actually did have Ocposo and krebs so uh right now i'm i'm doing pretty pretty good for the first game of the week not bad at all uh, let's touch, uh, on the, the real thing I wanted to talk to you about more than anything is you're, you're the man, you're the trade guy. That's what I you're guess. known for. 
in every single league that I know that you're in. You are the guy who likes to make trades. You like to wheel and deal and you look for steals. I know that rhymed, but it was on purpose. (laughs) When you're doing that type of thing, what are you looking for? And what are you considering when you're doing those kinds of trades? What's your strategy for kind of making moves uh, in, in these points leagues? I will put a disclaimer. I just think you're trying to steal some of my ideas here so you can get the jump on me. But uh, Doug, I would never do that. I dish out all of my ideas live on the show every week. So if anybody's stealing ideas, it would be you for me. So let's maybe. let's even the playing field a little bit. All right. All right. I will give it a shot. So typically what when I'm looking to make a deal, right, I'm looking at a few things. Number one, the standings for the general team overall. How is the team performing compared to previous years? Right. And obviously mm-hmm. you have to take into consideration the age of the players on the team. Um, but an example that I'll use right now is the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. I can't spit the record off the top of my head, but a hot topic of this year is Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Is he? Is this the year that he's slowing down? His age finally caught up to great eight, right? <laughs> um, Everybody's asking. I, it. I think that's a valid question. Would I mean? Yeah. Um. So, all right. So I mean, got the team example right. Specific player, Alex Ovechkin, right? Based off previous year's stats, looks like a down year, right? I mean, would you, I think, order way through the season now, going in around beginning of December? What do you say? About that, yep. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm saying. He's played down for the first quarter of the season. But for me, he's a potential trade target, right? Because historically, you know, he's had some slumps. But he's picked it up, and he's typically, you know, that 40 to 50 goal score, right? And obviously, you have to weigh a deal in your own, you know, league settings. But for me, that would be someone that I'm targeting. Um, In our league, I think he's averaging about 3.2 points, 3.3 points. when he's About 3.1 the last time I checked. Yeah. When he's typically a four-point to five-point player, depending mm-hmm. on how the team's doing, right? So he's got a slight dip. He's a little older. That's a player that someone might be looking to move on or at least get some um, some value out of before the value tanks completely. So in terms of a target, right, we have the team. We have a player who's underperforming, and maybe age is a factor where someone's a little bit more willing to sell rather than, like, for me, my own personally, Matt Kachuk, right? In our league, he's averaging, I think, 3.3 points when he's typically mm-hmm. averaging five points, right? Yep. So for me... I'm not going to sell Matt Kachuk because obviously he's young. Like he's got a lot of time rebound. He It just might be a down year. Last year he was going off. Um, But for someone like Alex Ovechkin where, you know, I hate to say it, it, this could be the start of the decline. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. It's just, it's a possibility that you have to consider. Yeah. That might be a value buy, especially if the person that's holding on to him is looking to move or get that value before it completely tanks, if it does. So this is more of a, a keeper scenario than anything else. So if it were a redraft league where everybody gets tossed back into the fold, would you be more willing to move Matt Kachuk in that scenario? Would you sell low on him or are you still holding on to him this year, praying that he jumps back up to the four and a half, five point status? Um, You know, I think, I mean, that's uh, obviously it's a tough question, but it's a hypothetical, but we're, it, that's what we're here to grill you about trades. It is right. If I'm in a redraft league and I have Matt Kachuk, do I hold 
do I sell, right? If I'm selling, I would say you got to try to, I mean, it, first of all, he's only worth how much whoever's going to pay, right? You, you can't sell him for a price that no one's going to pay. I think if you do sell, which I probably would in this case, if it's a redraft, I would mm -hmm. try selling him for a player who's averaging around 4.0 points because that's a realistic um, point value that he could get um, back up to in at least our league's settings. Right. I don't think you could sell him as a five average five point player, right? That I think that'd be a tough sell. And I mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree on with that standpoint, but I would say, but if I was selling and this was redraft, I'd be like, okay, maybe someone like I don't know. I mean, that's I I'm trying to think of a good comparable here. Um as do you know what Chris Kreider is averaging in early? About four points? Kreider's around four, four point two. He's having a good season. Yeah. Um, I might look to try to send him Matt Kachuk in a deal for Chris Kreider because that's, uh, that's a player who's, you know, not terribly old, but a little older, right? It can always kind of go hot or cold, but <clears throat> who's having a, a good season who you could realistically say, Hey, you know what? I'm giving you technically the better player. I need to generate some points. Now you have a great shot at someone who could rebound and really be a late uh, season win for you and I need I have you have someone that I need to kind of get back into the fold to win things um, yeah I, I like the point I like that point I'm gonna I, I just want to highlight it real quick because yeah. the the advice that you're kind of playing at and the the way that you seem to be strategizing is don't sell based off of what the number is sell based off of what the potential still can be and the points that they still can reach especially for somebody as high quality as Kachuk, Kreider, you can still make deals for those types of players, especially early on, while the potential is still, they can grow, they can get better, they can improve, second half of the year stretch type of thing. As opposed to maybe later in the season or maybe towards a trade deadline, where if he's still, for some reason, averaging those 3.1, 3.3 stats, you're probably not going to be able to sell him for that 4.0 player in a redraft league, it'd be a little bit tougher. You'd have an easier sell in a keeper league, but a redraft league would be tough. I I think you hit it right on the head. Um, and I think if you're looking to make these trades, right, you have to keep in mind, look, there's 75% of the season left about, right? A good chunk. There is yeah. a lot of time to rebound. You have to, and obviously working any deal, you have to sell the high points of the players you're trying to sell, Right. Matka Chuck, right. historically, you know, 35 to 40 goal score, right? Point per game player, throws hits, right? He's a guy point can... player, you can even argue. A what? 100 point player. He's done yeah. it a couple times now. Exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> you're only helping my case here, Jake. <laughs> um, but it's, it's the reality of what it is. Well, it, <laughs> if you, I mean, to kind of go talk about our league for uh, a quick second here. <laughs> yeah. I would. I just received an offer from uh someone wanting Matt Kachuk. Okay. The offer was I. I know it was Stamkos and Boldy for Kachuk. And hold on, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I declined yeah. it, but I took a screenshot of it because always because you always got see 
This is further evidence. If you're somebody who's willing, you, you pull it up while I kind of talk about this. Yeah. This is a this is kind of a mentality thing. If you're somebody who's willing to make moves and are willing to actually move good players, people will make you more offers. If you're just stingy all the time and no, I'm not going to trade anybody. No, I'm not going to trade this. No, I'm not going to trade that. It makes it harder for people to approach you with offers as opposed to somebody who's more like you and is willing to make those moves. You're going to be receiving a lot more, a uh, lot more GM phone calls uh, from people who are trying to make moves on their team, uh, knowing that you're trying to improve yours at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so the official offer was Steven Stamkos and Matt Boldy for Elias Lindholm and Matt Kachuk. Okay. Um, which I personally wouldn't accept. However, I don't think it's a terrible offer, right? I think Matt Boldy has a lot of potential. Um, I just, truthfully, I don't know what his ceiling is, right? He's, I know he can really hit the three to 3.5. I think he could be a four point player, maybe a little bit above when he really gets into the things, but you know, <laughs> I know Matt Kachuk is a five point player, mm -hmm. right? Steven Stamkos, I wouldn't keep in our league based off the other players I have on my roster. So for me, it's just not the right deal at the right time. Um, but I don't hate it, you know, and that, and that's a thing right? to, <laughs> you know, is you got to be able to, like you said, you got to be able to, maybe if you're more willing to move these high, you know, priority players, you're going to receive more offers. You're going to have more dialogue with people in your league. You know, the thing is, I, <laughs> I know you probably hate this over the many seasons we've played together, <laughs> but I'm like, look, this isn't meant to offend you. This is just the starting point. I want to know how you feel about these players because I know how I value them, but I have no idea how you value them, you know? But I think if you keep that open conversation, you keep the dialogue going, it's just a starting point, and that's how you really open the wheelhouse to get things moving. Yeah, you bring up a great point there and another kind of strategy for getting trade talks going. Making that first offer is really where it starts because it's not always going to be, I'll trade you this, you trade me that, and it's a done deal right off the bat. There's going to be some negotiating back and forth, especially in keeper style leagues. There might be a draft pick that needs to get involved, or there might be a player that got offered to you where you're like, eh, not really sure. Kind of like you said with Boldy, you're not really sure what his ceiling is, so you're a little bit more hesitant towards that. There might be somebody on that player's roster that you would say, I'd much prefer this guy over that guy. And you can kind of, like I said, wheel and deal within uh, what the offer was in general. Uh, but it's it's a good strategy to, at the very least, make the offer. Because the worst they can say is no. But most times people are willing to at least hear a negotiation. Yeah. I <laughs> And I mean, that, like I said, I mean, that's where it starts. And, you know, as you get the ball rolling, that's how the ideas start flowing. Um you know, to go back uh, a couple of years in our league, our keeper league, um, the deal that you made trading Pasternak away, right? Mm -hmm. And getting Panarin back, you know, the foundations of that trade actually came from me making offers for both of those players. <laughs> and that's okay. Sometimes that's that's what ends up happening. Just because you were the one who wanted those players doesn't mean that you're going to be the one to get those players. Well, and you know what? That's okay because I think that's the fun of it. And the more, uh, the more often you have different players kind of filtering through different teams and people trying to change up strategy to make themselves a, a better contender. 
I think the more fun it makes the league, right? Um, I think we're really, you know, in a way, like, in a good position in our league. I think we have a lot of fun because mm-hmm. we have players, you know, or people who are willing to trade good players, you know, and obviously sometimes we don't, but um, if you talk to people, they're more likely than not to listen um, and at least hear you out. Whereas I, <laughs> I read all the time. Yeah. There's like no trades in our league. And I just be like, you know what? I, I mean, I can see why yeah, you might want to ride out a team because you really believe them. It's the team you drafted. But to me, part of the point of fantasy is to have fun. And then my version, like trading is a great way to have fun because you can shift or change things up. And, and, you know, I love, you know, trying to adjust and, you know, plan for the next phase of the season and strategize to hopefully come out on top of the playoffs. Haven't done that yet, but hey, maybe this is the year. Maybe. And it's it's a big component to this point of you being able to make these moves in the fact that you are still the only person I know that has made a trade successfully for Connor McDavid. You were able to actually convince someone to give him up in the height of his prime. And it wasn't for a slouch of a deal. You gave up a good amount in return, but you were still able to create that dialogue in the first place for the best player in the world and make it enticing enough to get that deal done. So I think that's a testament to the persistence that you can have and what people that play fantasy can kind of strive for in what you said is making it fun. It switches things up. It's not always just all key. Every, if you have McDavid, you got to keep McDavid. If you have Dreisaitl, you got to keep Dreisaitl. Maybe you make a move. Maybe you trade them for seven draft picks or something. Who knows? There, there's a whole bunch of different options that you can end up doing it. But I agree with you that making those kinds of moves is what makes the league fun. And it really brings things to life as opposed to just blah, blah, blah the whole time. Status quo. Nobody makes moves. Yeah. And well, you know, it, it's funny they bring it up because uh, even me, when I have him in, in the height of his career, and I know he had a, a slower start this year, you know, I was still talking to him. I'm like, I know he's going to pick it back up. But I also told you, I'm not necessarily opposed to trading him if I really get something that I like. Right. I can't sell him for, you know, pennies on the dollar. But if someone's willing to make I did money, offer you Austin Matthews. and if uh you know if it was based off the smallest sample size at the beginning of the year i would have won that trade if i accepted it and we still went through with that i you know what after austin matthews had that hot start and is continuing to roll and score goals i don't know if if you're willing to really or if you would are upset that you didn't make that trade or that we didn't have that trade or come to a conclusion with that um i austin matthews is a great goal scorer i mean so is Connor mcdavid but you you have I mean you won the league last year in, in our league, um, so <laughs> I mean you know how to build a, a team with what you have, um, and I think that's a testament to the skill that you have and possess with making calculated decisions because uh, you're no stranger to trading players either, and you're willing to make big splashes to get what you want in return. I'm also right? willing to tank. Okay. <laughs> well, that's commit to the know, tank when but, need be. And but that's that's important to realize, like and take a take a step back and look at, because let me tell you, figuring out what you want to do with your team and committing to it are it's hard. Right. Mm-hmm. You said 
I was going to take a year. This is going to, I'm going to play a whole year fantasy, invest all this time in making trades and getting the most for what I, for what I have. Right. And mm-hmm. committing to that. Then you took those picks and all the value you got in return and you capitalize on what I would say a lot of your draft picks. Right. That's not easy to do either. And then you committed to keeping that core, maybe filtering in pieces as you needed to, whether that was through the waiver wire or through a couple of trades last year. But look, I mean, it paid off. You know, I think people have to do that, too. First off, you know, sometimes you have to give up some time a year, you know, say, hey, you know, I don't think that I'm really going to make this happen. Let me start to slowly make the moves I need to make to build my team better for next year. If there's players that you identify that you like, that you think you're going to, that are going to hit on, that people might be willing to move and you're committed to kind of losing this year to pay for what you want, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that I I would say that's yeah. part of having fun. You know, I mean, it's, no, it right. sucks that you're not, you might not win at the end of this year, but sometimes it's for the next year. And as long as then you can commit to that strategy of, okay, I'm going to really commit my time to drafting well and do my best. Right. And then keeping with that team, even if you go 0 and 1, 0 and 2, because you know things are probably going to turn around or you really believe it, go for it. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, I think I started this year in our league 4 and 1, and now I'm 5 and 4. So there's times where, you know, it hits the fan. Right. Yep. But you got to stick with it. Yeah. That it's, it's all about persistence, but the key is actually having fun with it and, the point is, be willing to make the moves. Be willing to commit to the strategy that you have. Because not every fantasy team is built the same, and you're going to have to do something eventually, especially if you're in dynasty leagues, keeper leagues, that continue on past a single year. There's always different. There's a million different strategies for redraft leagues, and it really is based off of your draft positioning and how well you are at paying attention to waiver wire. But long-term strategy is really a key component to those dynasty and keeper leagues. Uh, I'm going to hold on that point just so we can get to uh, the uptrend downtrend players. I want to run through them real quick. I have my list. Normally uh, my other co-host has his list. I obviously don't expect you to have that uh, present. So more or less just going to have you comment a little bit uh, on the ones that I talk about Uh, for the uptrend this week. A player that is really grabbing my attention and is absolutely on waivers still in enough leagues that it would be relevant is Mikhail Granlund. He is absolutely points in that span. That's insanity. If you haven't picked him up in any other leagues, what do you say other people should be doing at this point? I mean, you're. I mean, you gotta take it as it comes. I mean, if he's available, it sounds like that's a great pickup. I mean, and you gotta also. I think when you're looking at players to pick up, I think you gotta look at a, you know, the ice time, right? Who are they playing with? How is the team doing in general? Things that we've covered this, uh, this while we've been talking. Um, I mean, I've I've been a fan of him. I've had him on my team in previous years. Um, I considered drafting him this year, but I didn't because um, I had a deeper roster and a lot of great picks that, um, but obviously, I mean, he's getting some looks, he's getting some points. Why not? 
Yeah, at this point, why not? Especially since he's only rostered at about 70% rate uh, in uh, ESPN, and he's at about a 40% rate uh, the last time I checked on Yahoo. So he's still on plenty of waiver wires for somebody to grab him. He's playing top-line minutes. He's playing with Hurdle and Zetterland and that whole grouping. So he's he's getting a lot of ice time. Uh, kind of to jump back to our trade topic is a player that I made a trade for recently and just happened to be picking it up immediately after the trade went through, and that's Matt Barzal. Not necessarily a waiver claim type of player. He'd be more of a trade for candidate or even a sell candidate if you're trying to you know, maximize value when you already have him. Um, but he's got a huge heat up, and he has three multi-point games in his last five games, and two of those multi-point games have been four-point games. So he's just tossing up points left and right. So whether you're in categories or points, he's giving you value. Is he somebody you would trade for? Maybe not in our league, obviously, because I'm going to try and hold on to more than likely. But if he's available in other leagues, is he somebody you would make a move for? Or is he somebody you would personally kind of lead more towards the wayside? Um, You know, that, that's a tough question. I think you could make a case for both. Personally, I like him as a player, fantasy-wise. I'm not too thrilled about him um, mm-hmm. based off at least our, our league settings. I mean, he plays center. I think most of, you know, his points, at least in our league, come from assists, maybe a couple mm-hmm. goals, now face-offs, right? Uh, so I think he's got an uptick, but not someone that, like, I normally would, especially with the Islanders, I feel like playing more defensive game. Um, and also with... Bo Horvat, though I'm not does is Barzal playing with Horvat or they do they have him centering two different lines? Uh know? they center two different lines mostly. Yeah. Um, not every time, but mostly. That and that's what I figured. Um so he's got <laughs> he's got competition in terms of for that. Did you say he was playing top center spot? Or is it kind of switching off based off maybe the night? He he, he plays about 19, 20 minutes a night. So okay. take that as you will. So I mean I'd consider that about first line. Um or consider that first line. So, I mean, he's got the top center spot right now, um, but I feel like, honestly, that could change. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's just me, though. Um, so you're not looking at a team that necessarily scores a lot of goals, that plays a little bit more defensively. Um, just doesn't it really ex- excite me. I could see a case, that's perfectly though, fine for picking him up. No, no, I, that, but that that's the duality of it, though. You have to weigh the type of league that you're in against the player that you might want to pick up or not pick up or even make a trade for. I made the trade because it made sense for me at the time, and now he just happens to be blowing up, and that's a benefit for me. Um, dipping to our downtrend players, I only had two, which neither of them are necessarily drop candidates as they are just sit candidates. It's just how noticeably cold they've been this year. Uh, the first one is Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, on a topic, another person that I made a trade with you for, who I ended up uh, dropping to the waiver wire because he doesn't fit well within our format. Uh, but as of right now, it's just a down year compared to what his expectations were. He's pointless in his last six games, and he only has three points in his last 12 games. So compared to what he normally can do, I don't think it's very great. And I would be confident in saying there's a chance he picks it up. But as of right now, he's not worth starting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I actually do have a downtrend player if you want to hear me out. Yeah, um, throw it in. The, 
not that I think that he won't pick it back up, but currently that's playing below where he was. Brandon Montour, right? Mm -hmm. Averaging 23 and a half minutes about per night for Florida, right? Had a huge uptick in production last year. Florida's still doing well this year. And he has two assists in 11 games. Um, (laughs) But, you know, he's one of those players too good enough to too good to drop right so you're yeah. sitting him on the bench but i mean can you really sit him on the bench because i mean i feel like at any point he could go off i just <laughs> i don't know why that's not happening and i i can't say obviously because i don't really watch the florida games um but someone who's a little bit maybe underwhelming this year compared to probably his average draft position yeah yeah montour is definitely somebody who uh was a big boom for me uh last season but this, he, he just doesn't seem to be in the same mode. Uh, but I, I do have confidence that he can pick that up, especially with how offensively charged Florida has shown that they are. I, I think he'll see an uptick, not the 70-point pace that he was on last season, but I think he could still hit the maybe 45, 50-point mark, which would give him value from the back end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my last downtrend player, and it's just because I noticed how cold he's been all season long, barring maybe a little bit early, uh, but it, it's just been a rough time going. Troy Terry, big, big, big down season for him right now. His last goal was 18 games ago. And the last time he scored, it was a hat trick. So three out of his total five goals came in that one game. And that was 18 games ago. He's somebody that absolutely needs to pick it up. If he does, the Ducks are going to be doing better. And if you're willing to hold on to him, hold on to him. He's not really producing many points in general. He does get some assists here and there. But Terry, for me, is a goal scorer first. And if he's not doing that, I don't really want to have him on my team. I think Troy Terry is a good player in real life. Fantasy-wise, I mean, he. I think... You hit on the head. I think he has his hot and cold streaks. I think he gets some good opportunities. Um, but in terms of relying on consistent fantasy production, I can't I wouldn't argue that it's completely there. Like you said, I mean his last game that he scored a goal goal in was a hat the game he had a hat trick and he hasn't scored in eighteen games since. Um and I mean, when you're when you're trying to play the waiver wire and you're looking at who can I draw to pick up someone who's hot? I mean, Troy Terry, is is that a candidate, do you think? Well, yeah, especially if you're looking at somebody like Grandland, who is producing both goals and assists, more assists than anything else, but he's putting up points. And on a not-so-great San Jose team, they've shown that they have shades of greatness, but overall are not considered a top-tier team. But he's somebody that I would drop personally for Grandland. That's just me, though. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see if that happens in our league. Um, Somebody already has him, so I can't. Well, I guess. (laughs) Somebody thought of it. That's the point. That's that's how good he's doing is somebody thought of it. So the point of this is grab him before somebody else does. Exactly. Um, And someone else I'd like to mention, I don't know if you've talked about him in previous uh, uh, shows, but Pavel Zaka um, Mm -hmm. playing on that first line in Boston. Yep. 19 points in 26 games, 8 goals, 11 assists, plus 2, 10 penalty minutes, 47 shots on goal. Um, Not bad. You know, 
big shoes to fill in Boston with Patrice Bergeron leaving. Um, you know, younger player. I when <laughs> I saw that you had picked him up, um, <laughs> I I was like, if I can make the and I know I know I did trade, uh, mm-hmm. make a trade for him with you, um, and I know he's you know maybe slumped a little bit since I've traded for him, but I am not upset with that production at all. You know, especially because I think it can only get better. Uh, maybe worse, probably worse. I mean, it's a it's not an easy team to to necessarily play with when you have a lot of players competing for top spots and a good work ethic and the expectations high for you to produce because they're shooting to be top of their division or close to the top. But I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, Boston's always a good team to pick up. We we've talked about Zaka and Boston a few times. Uh, so he's going to be tough to pick up on a waiver wire, but he's somebody that you could still make a trade for depending on where he's at uh, in his streaks. Um, that's about all the time we have uh, for this week. Thank you, Doug, so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you filling in uh, and being my uh, my grill subject uh, for, for the evening. Thank you for having me. I had a great time talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me just uh, throw this out here for everyone. Uh, just thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to uh, this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the Fantasy Four Check podcast on your preferred listening channels, as well as the Hockey Writers podcast and YouTube pages, where you can find anything and everything else hockey-related. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stro67. You can feel free to drop us a like, leave a comment, and we will keep you up to date on all things fantasy throughout the year. Maybe you'll see Doug again uh, around the trade deadline. Things might get a little fun there. Uh, But for now, thanks again, everybody, for watching. We will see you next time.